Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, the Mitch Strap Podcast, Emergency Pod, Emergency. Big news. Big news, Chris. Big news. Big, big news. Not happy news, at least in my life, but it's big news in general. Yeah. Why, why don't you tell them why we're doing this emergency pod here, Mike? Yeah, to be honest with you, we we I wish we could have done this a week earlier. The news first broke a couple of days ago. George Goodell is retiring from the Mitch Rap series. The decades-long voice of Mitch Rap will not be narrating Code Red come September 12th. That was heartbreaking to hear, Chris. It really was. Uh, I know you're a big fan. You introduced me to George. You, in fact, introduced me to all audiobooks. We had him here on the podcast. We had the blessing of connecting him with his biggest fan, and I guarantee you, Sherry, our friend and patron, is George Goodell's absolute biggest fan. She goes to bed every night thinking of her, his voice. This this is heartbreaking news. This is tough. This is a tough one to swallow. Yeah, I- I actually, I, I think I was in the airport, like fly on the way flying here when I when I saw that, and I I put it in the group me, and they were like, "What? What is this?" Yeah, so they posted it that we're gonna have a new audiobook reader. It's not gonna be George. And when I first read it, I was I was kind of sad, and I don't know. I want to take this time to we can we can talk about what we think going forward is gonna be, but you know maybe we could. Take a second to say why we appreciated George a little bit. You know, what we're going to miss. Uh, you know, for me, I just feel like, you know, one, he's a, a great audiobook narrator. Whether it be, you know, I, I've really enjoyed his novels reading Mitch. And then even now I've read just reading more thriller novels. He's he's done so many. So he, yep. he did a few of the Scott Harvath ones in the beginning. And, you know, they have their own edge. But I... When you when you start with somebody and you just get this image in your mind, I half the time I was felt like I was listening to a Vince Lynn novel, but no, it was written by Brad Thorne. You know that that's the kind of sense. And now that Armin Schultz has taken over and he's done more than half of them, I feel like he has that series locked in. And then yep. George is the voice of Mitch Rapp, and like he's he's just he, the way he's done Claudia, the way he's done Anna, the way the way he's done old Anna, like the way. You know, like I, I don't want to hear somebody else do it. Like that's that's yeah. the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Since you mentioned Claudia and Anna, to me, that sure, Mitch Rapp's voice is what it is. You know, obviously losing George is huge, but below that, Claudia and Anna, I loved loved George's delivery of, of those two characters. That little French hint of French background in, in Claudia's voice and Anna, that playfulness when she's ribbon Mitch. I think that's what I'm going to miss the most. And particularly in the Kyle Mills books, he ran with that. You know, that would, Claudia and Anna were huge part of his contribution to the series. So I think that's a huge loss. I think there's one other one other hot take of something I really love. Let me save that. After we're done lamenting, uh, I'll tell you something I'm extraordinarily excited for. But George did write on the VinceFlynn.com website a little note to the fans, to the community about this, uh, about how much it meant to him. And he said, I feel the need now to pass the Vince Flynn Glock 17 baton over to another performer 
who will be closer vocally to the younger assassin than yours truly. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I hope that's not the reason, you know, on the business end of things. He does say, I feel the need to pass the torch, so I'm okay if that's his personal decision. I just really hope, and we don't know what went on behind closed doors, this idea of wanting a younger voice, closer in age to Mitch. I think a key part of Mitch's arc and trajectory has been that he is aging. I think going into the next round of books, it should be that he is aging. There's various ways Vince dealt with that, various ways Kyle has dealt with that. I think obviously you have to head some of that off. This is a cash cow, right? We got to keep it flowing. So you, you have to head off the aging in some regard. But to me, the fact that an older voice was narrating Mitch Rapp, who is only in his, God, it's debatable, but is, is probably in his early 50s, you know, we we can go back and find the research on that exactly. But should late be 40s. somewhere. Should be somewhere late 40s, probably if you're being very strict about it. He probably hit Early that 5-0. Yeah. But based on interpretations, we're talking someone in his 40s who's still physically uh, and mentally as capable as he was in his 20s and 30s, to be honest with you, just about. I hope, I hope the business end of things wasn't, we want a younger reader. And another reason that doesn't sit well with me was, I remember Jack Carr talking about, getting readers for for his series. And I think he was entirely right in that the James Reese series did, did need someone younger. And and I don't think George, I, I'm pretty sure he was auditioned or, or whatever. He was on the, the short list. I, I don't think that voice, that that age dynamic would have worked for someone like a James Reese with a younger family. I, but but that's that's a different series. That's James Reese, you know. A Mitch Rap, I think it's fine. And so I I hope the age thing wasn't a huge motivator. I hope it truly is George feeling it's the right time. His call, he knew this. And and also it, it, a little thing that's that's strange is that it's Kyle's last book. You know, I totally would have understood and it would have seemed seamless if Don Bentley and and you know in, in the boardroom they're talking about, well, new author, kind of reboot, jumpstart things. Maybe we bring on a new narrator then. I feel like that could have made sense, but at the same time, maybe that would have been too much transition, yeah, right? Yeah, that's something I was thinking about. Yeah, is yeah. it is it still the Mitch Rapp series if you bring a new author and a new narrator at the same time? It, maybe that's too much. So by easing us in, we're going to get a new narrator while we still have a Kyle Mills book. From the business end of things, I get that too. So long and short of it is I don't know what happened. You don't know what happened. We don't know anything behind the scenes. There's many things to be excited about with Steven Weber, and that's what I want to get into in a little bit is all the positives that can come out of this. But I think it's only right that you and I had our had our moments to uh, to get all that out on the on the floor. Yeah, and I almost feel like I understand like, all right, we're going to head this off and not have too much change. So let's change something now and then we're going to change the author in the next book. But, you know, George is just such a and I don't know how much audiobooks, you know, how much they actually sell, you know, like w whether or not they even like really care about the audiobooks. Like obviously it's, a, well, obviously they do care about it, but a lot, what do they care about more? I would have thought it would have been more sense to br use George to bridge the gap between Don and Kyle, you know, like have George read Don's first book and then you can make a change. Be like, consistent, then, yeah. then it's at least like, you know, we have something, something tangible. The next book, we're going to have double, 
double new narrators essentially because this well, Stephen Weber is going to get us for one book and then like we're not going to have any sort of uh, unless you've read other novels by that uh, he's read uh, read um, you're not going to have any connect like true connection to him I don't know I just felt like it was a lot of change for this your timing unless it's I, I I truly again I know nothing about I'm not in the book club publishing industry I'm not in the audio book publishing industry so I don't know. I hope it's not they're pushing George out the door because of what he's meant to me, what he's meant to, you know, I, uh, a decent amount of our fans that we talked to. The fact that he wasn't given the chance or, you know, maybe my, my, might not have been given the chance to read Kyle's last novel. So anyways. Yeah. Dude, here's the silver lining. We got a 30 something odd second clip of Steven Weber. 36 second clip and this dude he has the chops he has the bona fides bona fides whatever however you say it he has a background and when george goodell here on this podcast told us he doesn't like being labeled a voice actor he is an actor to be a voice actor narrating audiobooks you need to be a stage actor you need to know how to get into into a role you need to physically and visually embody that character as much as you do just simply put it in your voice. And Steven Weber, holy crap, dude. Check out his Wikipedia page, his IMDb. This guy's been around the block. In case you don't know, he was on the television series Wings, huge in the 90s. I didn't watch it, but definitely knew how big that was. He played Jack Torrance in a TV miniseries adaptation of The Shining. I even listened to him on the King cast, a Stephen King podcast. I found it just searching Stephen Weber because I wanted to know more. He did an amazing interview. He is extraordinarily well-versed in Stephen King and, and the whole Stephen King properties from books to movies and everything. This guy really knows what's going on in Hollywood, in showbiz, but also in fiction. The way he was able to navigate and talk with the host about Stephen King's body of works lets me know he he's just well-read on characters and character building and world building and suspense and mystery. I mean, horror even. Just think of a Stephen King book. And, and the fact that he got to play in The Shining, the main role for a major TV adaptation, then he's also a producer. And to make it more understandable to our audience, T.J. Newman. He's the reader of Falling and Drowning, T.J. Newman's books. I read Falling, still want to try to have her on the podcast. I reached out to her agent a couple of times, would love to make that happen, just haven't gotten anywhere, so I'm working on it. When I realized Steven Weber was the one who did that book, dude, I felt like I was in great hands. I remember loving it. It is just really thrilling. The narr- the audiobook, I felt, made the book pop even more. And so the fact that we're getting someone so well-practiced, so well-known, and someone with years and years of history in acting, in voice acting, in narrating, he did um, It. He did Stephen King's It. The fact that he got to narrate It and won awards for it, you you couldn't have on paper picked a better person. Yeah, no, this is a guy that I've seen – yeah, he's he's like that guy, you know. He's like, that guy. Yeah, he's exactly. he's that guy that you see. He's you know obviously has a huge IMDb and a lot of different things. Everything. Currently on Chicago Med. If you're watching any of the Chicago series, 
you know, I, I don't, I don't want to bang them down before we actually hear the full body of work, but I, I right. am a little bit excited that they picked someone with this resume, yep. um, and not, not someone new. So we'll see. Harlan Coben. He did a bunch of the Harlan Coben books. Uh, a lot of, a lot of Harlan Coben. Uh, on paper, like I said, this is just this is an A plus plus signing. This is like huge draft pick, you know, level news. Again, we went through the negatives. We're bringing you some positives, but the the truth is, we just don't know. We don't have Code Red. We don't. Well, we have a mini clip of him as Mitch Rapp. There was one line in the thirty second, thirty six second YouTube. Let me ask you, what was your first reaction from the thirty six second clip we got, where we do get to hear? Is Scott Coleman and his Mitch Rapp? Uh, I don't. I need to hear more before yeah. I get your judgment. I need yeah. to hear more. Yeah. I need to hear more. I, I, yeah, I'm with you. It was good. I'll say that it was good. Overall, it was good. Mitch Rapp. I, I'm not going to make a judgment on yet because it was one tiny line. Yet you know what? I am sold on hook, line, and sinker. Scott Coleman, baby. Scott. Yeah, he that, did Scott pretty well. Those two lines he did with Scott, maybe I'll insert them here. Sounds better than it looks, Coleman observed as he descended the stairs. I think it'll get me where I need to go, which is... Rap didn't give an answer. And the former SEAL didn't really expect one. He was making a joke about the oppressive need-to-know nature of this particular operation. His Scott Coleman lines were perfect. I got to go back and listen to George's Scott Coleman because I really liked it. What do you mean you all? Coleman replied. What are you doing? But even just from these two lines, I thought it was the perfect Coleman. So if I'm nervous about Mitch, nervous about Claudia and Anna because George did him so well, I am not nervous at all about Scott Coleman. I, I loved what we got in this short clip. So the highs and lows, I'm feeling all of it right now at the same time. So... September 12th, you betcha. Even though I have code read, even though we've read it and are going to discuss it on the pod, I can't wait to get the audiobook. Yeah. No, I'm 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 really excited to to fully deep dive in into this new, you know, experience. Just like especially as an an avid audiobook reader and really, you know, sort of diving into what I like and what I don't like about different narrators. It's going to be a fun experience to get to get this new person. So it, it makes me want to go and read some of these Harlan Coben novels, like the yeah. the Marion Voltaire or the 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 New Wind series um, that he is the uh, narrator for. So, yeah, and honestly, even Falling and Drowning, <laughs> Falling was right. so good. It I don't know about I'm <laughs> a, a little heavy. I know it's a masterpiece, but uh, a little long too. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get into it anytime soon. I watched the movies. Yeah, I, I, you know they're all right. Oh, I mean, here's another thing. I mentioned the Stephen King connection, and you guys should check out the King cast. I think it was episode 17 back in 2020 uh, that Stephen Weber was on. One, so you can hear his voice, but two, you can also hear his just brilliant mind and connections in Hollywood. He talked about with the guys, what was it like trying to play Jack Nicholson's character? You know, just that movie was it's so iconic. It's so iconic. It's dude. so iconic, right? And that's a role which is going down in movie history is being done nearly perfectly, right? He said, oh, "Don't worry about that at all, because our TV miniseries had a completely different purpose, a different approach. Mm-hmm. We weren't trying to compete with the Hollywood movie. We didn't even think about it in terms of what can we learn from them, or what can we what can we change, or what opportunities are there." 
he basically said, we're making the miniseries because we want to be more faithful to the book. So all I have to do is play the character the best I can from what I know from the text evidence. I don't have to worry about how Jack Nicholson did it in a movie. And that was really reassuring his approach there. Totally recommend you listen to this interview because now he's taking over from George. How much are you going to worry about what George did versus what you have to do? Kyle showed us, right? You can take over from a Titan, from a giant. He took over from Vince. He made it his own. He respected the original. I had no doubt in my mind the way Steven was talking about playing Jack Torrance in the Shining TV show compared to Jack Nicholson. He's taken over from a giant before, or he's done it his own way. And he's done that to respect the original text. He's a huge Stephen King fan. He didn't want to come into it and say, I'm going to put my spin on this character. He wanted to respect the character because he recognized its value. How perfect is that mindset coming into Mitch Rapp? I mean, that's, it's that's ideal. That's what ideal. you would want, right? That's yes. ideal. So, yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think I'm sad. You know, we, we set our laments, but ultimately I think I'm, I'm excited. So we'll, yes. we'll see. Yes, indeed. All right, guys. So next time you hear from us, we will be covering Code Red, Kent, and hopefully we uh, we can talk a little bit about the audiobook. Maybe maybe in part two, but you know, definitely want to deep dive more into Stephen Weber and how he does Mitrap, and yeah, more more good things to come from the Mitrap Pod. You are all going up the ridge to the north. What do you mean, you all? Coleman replied. What are you doing? I'll head down the slope to the south. They don't care about you. Their orders are to capture me or die trying. Screw that, Coleman said, and his men mumbled their agreement with the sentiment. We're not leaving you to roll down a canyon with a hundred guys coming in on you. You have your orders. Kiss my ass, Mitch. You don't give orders anymore. The agency pays me, and you don't even work there. As far as I can tell, you're just an unemployed tourist. Then let me put it this way, Rapp said, starting to gather his gear. I'm going south, and I'm shooting anyone I see behind me. If it's one of you guys, I probably won't go for center of mass, but I'm going to make it hurt.